Popcorn, the life of Mode 9. Alright, this is episode 2. Episode 2, episode 1. We basically just broke down how I met certain people in Bidapoli. From Bidapoli, he introduced me to Solo D, who he hyped. He was hyping him, man. I was like, dude, come on. So, but you know what? When I met Solo D, I finally realized why I was hyping him that hard. Pause. <laughs> so um yeah, he told me that because I was of I was, you know, into freestyling a lot because I was kind of lazy. I did write rhymes, but I didn't bother to learn them, you know. I was kind of a lazy guy back then. I just preferred to freestyle because it was just easy to just freestyle off the head. You're not saying much, you're just making words rhyme and that seemed to be like what everybody was doing. Every, a lot of people were doing that back then. So yeah, when I got home one day, I just looked, I was like, you know what? I need to write some better rhymes. And uh, in order to write better rhymes, I just had to listen to music. So Solo D was actually dubbing tapes for me. He'll go, we used to go to Music Garden and play two records. Play two records, that's the first time I met um, DJ Humility. He was just plain old Benedict back then. I think he wasn't even a DJ. Uh, is it Funky J, is it? Funky J was the DJ. And one thing about Funky J, shout out to Funky J, man. Like These great DJs that I'm going to mention, my journey to being an, an MC, a rapper, an award-winning rapper, both not in only Nigeria, but in Africa too. There are a lot of people that a lot, a lot, a lot of industry folks have basically forgotten about them. But you know, shout out to Funky J. So we used to go to Play Two Records to go and uh, dub uh, tapes. Solo D will pay dub tapes. That's the first place where I saw Exhibit. I liked Exhibit. Solo was like. Mm. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. But I was like, wow, how could this guy be from the West Coast, man? This guy's spitting. Back then, I just felt that all the guys spitting are from the East, you know? And then the guys that, you know, from the West, they had the G-Funk and everything. But guess what? There were a couple of MCs that proved me wrong. And uh, later on, I got to find out that they had roots in other places like Corrupt. Heard that he was from Philly. Uh, Lady of Rage, her shoes from New York. Um, Exhibit, they say he's from Chicago. Brat too. I think Brat is from Chicago. I'm not sure about that. But yeah. So back then, I learned a lot from Solo. Then Solo introduced me to some guys that were based in J-Town, Joss. Now, I had heard about LD because there was a guy in my school in Bida. His name was Chike. Chike Bivens. So he was always coming. He was he came from Joss. So he always said, oh, LD this, LD that, LD this. You know, this was before I met L, uh, Solo D. He was always on that. LD, ah, uh, LD rap, LD. So when I now met Solo D, Solo D told me a story about how him and LD went rhyme for rhyme on stage. I was like, wait a minute, is this the LD based in Joss? And he was like, yeah. I said, wow, this guy must actually be dope because. Chike was hyping him, and now Solo D, I know Solo D was like, his taste was crazy. Like, 
if he said a, a rapper was whack, trust me, that rapper was whack. Was gonna be whack. <laughs> so, um, and he said LD was fantastic, you know, but he just didn't have the craft, the stage, you know, it wasn't that, you know, jumping around the Buster Rhymes factor on stage, but he had his bars on lockdown. So I was like, man, I can't wait to meet these guys. Funny enough, I'd met LD. I met LD in Eddie Finn's studio in Agboju when I was delivering some Hip Hop World magazines on my way home to Eddie Finn because that we used the studio to sell some of the magazines. And it was through Ayo that I actually met DJ Jimmy Jack. We went to a Balende too, you know. DJ Jimmy Jack used to like, you know, some Hip Hop World magazines used to find their way to his store. <laughs> a lot of these other people in the industry back then, man, like the guys that grew the industry, I already had contact with them because, you know, I was hanging out with Solo. Then one day we met this tall guy, light-skinned, tall guy. And uh, he says he draws. You know, I saw some of his drawing and his cards. I was like, man, in my mind, I was like, this guy's cards are better than mine. <laughs> he could make cards better than me, man, for real. Like, this guy could really make cards. And uh, his name was Alfred Atungu. You guys know him as Six Foot Plus. So I was like, I saw his cards. He came to, you know, kind of like, you know, sell cards, get a, a little contract going with Hip Hop World. Like, can I, I can make cards for your end of year, whatever, whatever. So we met there. Then he now saw me and Solo D and said, hey, I rap too. Then he did some rap. I was like, wow, this guy is not bad. Funny thing is, most of these guys had more experience like than me because I had never entered the studio in my life. But you see, these guys that started in KD, Joss, they were always going to the studio in, in the north. I'd never seen a studio before. I didn't even know how to count bars. So I think LD came with his, I'll just call him his cousin, Mr. Baron from Joss. And uh, Baron was a producer. LD produced a bit too. So Solodi hit me up and said, yo, Mode, we're going to have a studio session. We're going to start this thing called SWAT Root. No, it wasn't SWAT Root at that time. It was Aftermath. This was before Dr. Dre had his Aftermath. So we were called Aftermath. So Solodi told me that we're going to have a studio session. We're going to go. We're going to drop some bars. We're going to do songs. I was really excited, but I didn't even know. I just said, okay. Went back home. Looked at some rhymes. I was like, which one am I going to do? I was like, okay, I'll take this. I take. I used to write, but I never used to memorize. So I got the ones I was going to do and I just started trying to memorize because it was my first time going to a studio. So I was like, I didn't know that people could read the bars. So I was like, I have to memorize it. So I, I spent quite some time just trying to commit the bars to memory. It didn't really take too long because I was excited. So I did. I memorized it. So on that day, I think that was the first day I'll ever meet Mr. Barron. Uh, I'd met LD before, but we didn't really talk for much. We probably talked for like two minutes. No, less than two minutes. A minute, because he was uh, doing his DJ thing. So we got to the studio. I think DeWiz, who was on Charlie Boy show, he was already on TV then. I'm not trying to um, drag a brother down. This podcast is not to uh, make anybody look bad. But Wiz was kind of full of himself. He was kind of like a, a pompous guy. Dragged me to the side because I was just there, yeah, just chilling, taking the moment in. And he said, listen, I'm better than all these guys. I'm the best rapper. I'm this. I was like, man, if you feel that way, why are you rolling with us? Why are you in the clique? Like, 
you deserve to be doing this on your own. You need to be solo, bro. So he went and did his thing. Yes, the Wiz could rap. I'm not going to lie, man. The guy, he had his own unique style. He was dope. I'm not going to lie. He was dope. At least I thought he was dope. Uh, solo D respected his art form. We all thought he was dope. But a lot of people who were just casual listeners of, you know, hip hop, they were like, eh, he's kind of weird. <laughs> but that day, the guy that really surprised me was Mr. Baron. He barely said five words. He just made the beat. And then when he jumped into the vocal booth, when he opened, oh my God. When he started rapping, uh, I was like, what? <laughs> then LD jumps in and starts rapping. I was like, in my mind, I was like, man, you know what? <sighs> Sitting down then, Six Foot Plus jumps in. Six Foot Plus had one bar. He was like, I don't like coffee without milk. I'm Six Foot Plus and I'm smooth as silk. It kind of reminded me of Smooth B, um, Greg Nice Smooth B back in the day, man. I was like, what? This guy is so smooth, man. So it, the bars were easy and nice and smooth. Then I went, I went and I did my thing. Uh, death wish, like Charles Bronson, your neck. Bronson. I just, I just, I, I don't know why I rapped in that voice, but I was, my voice was very... I don't know why, when I was trying to be like... Uh, Cypress Hill but man when I listened to it it wasn't bad but I couldn't count bars obviously so uh, I think my bars were 16 bars and they told me to just add something towards the end and it was a learning curve for me man it was like that was the bottom of the learning curve that was just the beginning I was like damn after the session and everything because it was a night session I think we went to Solo D's house in the morning we finished like 6 in the morning we all went to Solo's house and we sat down we dubbed everything on tape, sat down, listened to it. In my mind, we all dubbed different versions for ourselves, like to take home, to go learn, to just listen to it, to bump. I was very proud because that was the first time I'll be hearing my voice from a studio, you know, a real studio. So I was proud of myself. But at the same time, when I listened to everybody else's rhymes, I just said to myself, hey, yo, I talked to myself. Mode 9, you are the wackest. <laughs> You are horrible compared to these guys. You need to learn. So what I did was write rhymes every single day. I was writing rhymes every single day, practicing every single day. Even though I was writing my rhymes every single day and practicing every day, I still wasn't, you know, in my mind, I still wasn't, you know, up to par. Like, I was like, it'll take me years to get as good as these guys. It'll take me years. And then um, one day... I was invited to Abuja where Solodi was now working in Abuja. So he invited me, you know, did a couple of studio sessions. And this was, I think, the early 2000s. No, no, this was like 97. Yeah, it was 97. And one day I was writing rhymes. I was rehearsing my rhymes in the room. And then Solodi just knocked on the door and he came in and he said, Modai, you, you, you are going to be a great MC. And I was like, damn. I'll hit you up next week with the rest.